Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to a slightly different episode of Coffee with Clems this time, uh, because I'm actually on location. Yes. Yes, for the first time ever. You see, what happened was, it was Comic-Con yesterday, and uh, I was wandering the streets of London, uh, no drink or biscuits to eat, and and so... So Dickensian. I know. Who do I see out of the corner of my, my, my tiny grotesque eye? <gasps> But I see an enemy team. Yeah. And they, they motion me forward in their in their giant house made of candy. Indeed. And, uh, yes. And, Come in, little exactly. child. Come in. And so I wander with my diaper filled with poo. And, <laughs> and here we are now. Wow, so, that so got yeah, so you you rescued this uh, this vagabond soul, and yeah. um, thankfully you housed me for the night, which is incredibly nice of you to do. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, and uh, so yeah, as I said, it's the day after Comic Con, and uh, what what an exciting time it was. It was. Yes, yeah. but uh, before we get into that, I have to ask, who the hell are you? What do you do? Well, um, I uh, my name is Anemone T. You may also know me as Kit Bus, and. Uh, you're probably most likely to know me for being uh, the artist and character designer for the Vox Machina campaign of Critical Role. Mm, yes, so, yes, indeed. Uh, and now, <laughs> a few of you may know, and a few of you may uh, may not know, is that we have tried to record this podcast two times at and this point. How? Two goddamn times. The yep. first time was a tech issue on my front mm -hmm. where I tried to record it with OBS and for some reason my Blue Yeti was vomiting at that. <laughs> um, so what it did was it made my audio about two pitches lower so I sounded like a scary demon man. You sounded so manly. It was very, very <laughs> strange, yeah. And um, I guess for some reason my audio sped up consistently throughout the podcast which made yeah. syncing up either audio file incredibly annoying so that happened and then on the second time we had eye patch wolf on yeah we did yeah and my laptop just choked it was so starstruck I know, it, it was... went <laughs> oh my god i can't possibly it was it was it was a very very sad time but the thing yeah. is is that regardless the good news is it was just tech issues yes just tech issues which yes. are fine and we can get past them so i decided you know what since we're both going to be at comic-con why don't I just bring my microphone with me? Absolutely. And we just record one on the spot. We have your delightful cat, Miko. We do. She has joined us. Yeah, your absolutely gorgeous tortoiseshell cat. She is providing good, good, um, good eye candy. Oh, well, well, is that too, the right? Oh, well, gosh, I yeah. mean, yes, she's, oh. she's sat there looking very photogenic. She's being a feline model at the moment. So. Absolutely stunning. Absolutely gorgeous. I, I, I wish they could have came into my room last night and slept, but yeah. unfortunately it was not to be the case, which is very sad times for me. No, she's quite shy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so I guess on the topic of um, Critical Role, now there are mm. going to be a few people out there who may not know what Critical Role is, which is, uh, I guess, not not that it's like not surprising, but I guess uh, my, my audience may not be big into kind of a online D&D &D things yeah, particularly. Yeah, of so, course. So what exactly is Critical Role? Um, how does it work? Right, okay. Well, uh, so Critical Role is uh, its an internet Dungeons & Dragons Twitch show. Uh, and it's a bunch of LA-based voice actors playing Dungeons & Dragons. And you've probably heard uh, the cast in various video games you've played or cartoons you've watched. Um, so Matt Mercer is their DM. Mm -hmm. uh, and the cast members include such uh, icons as Marisha Ray, Laura Bailey, Travis Willingham, 
Tellers and Jaffe, Sam Regal, Liam O'Brien, and of course the lovely Ashley Johnson. And it broadcasts every week on a Thursday. And it's just, at the moment, they're doing uh, their Mighty Nine campaign. And it's uh, just following their adventures, and it's it's a very compelling watch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely good fun. Uh, so some of you may be noticing a slight change in audio just yeah. now. And uh, <laughs> what has what has just happened is, despite us just talking about the uh, the podcast failing two times, yeah, we just had the audio mess up on us a third time. It did, and there was then uh, about an hour pause in between uh, that last bit and then, yeah, uh, where we were trying to find a new thing. So little old Clemsey had to had to try and refresh his Mac knowledge mm-hmm. to get uh, Audacity working. Audacity was being a right bum with my microphone. Yeah, it really so, was. So yeah, I know. So I ended up going to QuickTime Player. So mm-hmm. we finally figured it out. Thank goodness we might be able to get a a, a roaring head start on this one. Absolutely. So, oh my goodness, I can ask you now, my dear, Mm -hmm. how has your week been and how have you been? Oh my goodness. Well, um, aside from... Aside from coming on this cursed podcast, yeah, no, really. we are really cursed with it this. Is a yeah, seriously, podcast. like I think three times, like it is, it is a curse. Yeah, no, yeah, it, seriously, it is. it is. But hopefully, we've broken it this time. I hope so. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've been really good. Uh, I have been working on getting issue two of my comic Cloven Bloodlines done, mm. uh, which launched this weekend, just gone at MCM. And uh, it's mostly just been doing that, but yeah, it's it's been really good. Uh, just been kind of um, working away on that, and issue three is now in the works. So um, pulling out all the stops, just just continuing on, basically. Hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's good. That's good. And um, I guess as for my week has been interesting mm. uh, to say the least, because I've been flicking between two video ideas right now. Okay. Um, and I guess I've been doing a lot of thinking about about my content and how I've how I've been pushing it out and everything. And I realised that a lot of my content, um, it's not that it feels samey because obviously all the video ideas are completely different, but my formula is quite samey. Sure. So I wanted to do something which was a little bit different mm-hmm. from the norm. Uh, kind of get something which is a little bit. A little bit more strange. Okay. Uh, Ooh, and strange. so I'm, I know, strange indeed. Oh, strange. Mysteries strange abound. Songs. I know, so that, that shall be interesting. Um, and I hope that you all enjoy that when it comes out. I mean, for all I know, by the time this podcast comes out, it could actually be out. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah, because obviously. Yeah, because obviously patrons get to listen to this a week early, so then mm. I've got to let it, you know, let it rest a week, and I'm sure by then it should be ready. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I hope you enjoy it, or hope you've enjoyed it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, isn't time a mysterious thing? Wonderful, wonderful warping of the space of the the fabric of time and space. There oh, we go. The lines we all walk. Indeed. Um. So I'm actually going to bring up a question really early because it does kind of tie in okay. to um to MCM sure. in general. Right. Um. And God bless you guys because we literally just put the microphone down and then all of a sudden I was like oh gosh I don't have any questions yeah yeah um, so you know like, thank you for those of you who've sent in some um, some real bangers yes thank you very much we've got one here from at uh, Lazy Yeti and they say uh, how did you guys meet and how was your MCM experience well it ties in both ways it does it, it really does, does. yeah um, so I guess uh, I guess I can start, and then yeah. we'll start talking about the uh, MCM experience. Absolutely. So uh, with MCM, mm-hmm. um, essentially, I was going to be going to one of the conventions, and you had hit me up 
on Twitter. I had saying, "Come and find me. I, yes. I, I like your, I, I like your things. I, I watched all your new videos, uh, and, I'm, and I'm so sorry because I, of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was a good introduction. I was, I was brought right up to speed. Brilliant, so, good yes. stuff. And uh, so eventually, I, I did track you down. Mm-hmm. Um, found the table, yes. and essentially after that, it was pretty much like Twitter interactions. It for, was, yeah, for the longest time, yeah. yeah. And um, but finally, we were like, you know what? We can actually like hang out now for real. Yes, let's do it. We went out for dinner. It was really, really nice. It and, was uh, very civilized. Yes, and you and your husband have graciously, as I said, given me, given me a, a, a you let me sleep on the spare on a spare bed, which was <laughs> actually surprisingly comfy. And because of the whole MCM ride mm-hmm. yesterday uh we were really dead oh we were after we were con. absolutely wiped Complete out complete death um so we ended up uh getting back in an uber yes and we then walked out for dinner we we went to frankie and benny's and sat there and kind of we we you know started out being like oh yeah we're gonna go out and we're gonna get burgers and then we're gonna watch you know a really crappy movie that we can rip to pieces and all yeah. this kind of stuff and then we just kind of sat there slumped in the booth like well, obviously, oh. it's a kind of thing. Yeah, like, it was like relaxed. Yeah, yeah it was. It's like it's a kind of thing where, like, to begin with, obviously, you know, it's like, yeah, well, I don't know, eat the burger. After that, all three of us were just sat there, like, <laughs> just staring. Oh into my space. god! Yeah, like bed. <laughs> yeah, maybe horizontal like, sounds really good. Yeah, for real. Yeah, and and yeah. then we just kind of we got back and watched some zero punctuation. We did. Yes. And I, I think it's the first time in such a long time I actually got into bed because I have a really as you now know, a pretty wacky <laughs> sleep routine. I don't like, think it's wacky. It's just, it's particular. You need the right conditions. I do. And so so whenever I go around people's houses, I'm always feeling really guilty because I'm like, oh gosh, like, you know, because usually I'm okay with just going, I'm just going to go to bed and try my best. Mm. Uh, but then it can take me hours to get off to sleep. Um, I'm a freak where <laughs> even in the middle of winter, I'm like, right, okay, I need a fan on. I mean, that is pretty freakish. It's pretty I'm not going to lie. It's pre- I'm a I'm just a freak of nature. I can't help it. <laughs> ah! um, but yeah, I like to have a fan on in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. Even if it's dead cold, I like to have the noise of a droning fan. So yeah, I'll even point it at the wall. Sure. So long as there's the noise of a repetitive right. fan. Oh, you're a white noise person. Precisely. Okay. But the thing is, again, as daft as it sounds, even if they're, if it's on a phone, it doesn't give me the same... Thing. You've got to have the authentic experience. Precisely. Okay. Because it's a routine. Yeah. I turn the fan on. I do that. I do that. I get into bed. I know it's on. It's a comfort thing. Mm-hmm. Off to bed. I also like to have my headphones in with an audiobook or some kind of yeah. noise. Because if I'm sleeping without noise, boy howdy, that's just because it's like the age of 26 and I'm still like, what is it? Burglar comes in. Yeah, I know exactly. So it's like, oh. So with my headphones in, I can listen to an audio book or something like that and just drift off to sleep. That's it. But you know, yeah, thankfully again, like I only needed the fan really because I was on my phone just flicking through Twitter as you do and then just dead to the world until the morning and it was, oh, it was bliss. I'm so glad. I'm glad you slept well. It really, really was. And your darling cat in the morning. God bless you. Little Miko making noise. Oh, I love them so much. She's a good girl. For sure. And as for your MCM experience, how did this year go? Well, um... So October was October. I, I have to kind of go back and compare it to October for context because sure, sure. In October, we actually had the cast of Critical Role, or most of them anyway, came over f- as guests for MCM. Mm, I remember so, that. That it was huge. 
October was was kind of a fever dream. It was yeah. it was absolutely insane. The, the fact is, like I remember being a, a queuing in the regular queue, and I had yeah. my priority tickets, yeah. and they had to lump everyone in the same yep. queue, even if you paid extra to go through quickly. It was intense. It was it was absolutely crazy. I think Chris has actually broke MCM. Nobody was expecting it mm-hmm. to happen. Uh, so by comparison, uh, this weekend was it was still busy. Like mm. we we did well, and it was lovely catching up with people and and stuff. Um, but yeah, by comparison, like we we were able to kind of take our time, yeah, and chat to people, and it wasn't a case of kind of like trying to get through a queue as fast as possible so that people For weren't sure. waiting and stuff. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, how was your weekend? Interesting. Um, I can obviously, you know, I I woke up quite early to get there because I live quite yeah. a way away from London. Um, not as far as most people. I, I know a few northern friends who come down, and I'm like, my goodness. Yeah. Um, so got down on the train. Everything went nice and fine. Got in nice and easy. Uh, easier than expected, actually, because it's the first time ever going by myself. Uh, so that was, I know, big you strong boy. You were so brave. Oh, but such a strong boy. So proud of oh. you. <laughs> Big boy um, pants on. I know, exactly. <laughs> um, so that went well. And, um, you know, got in, everything was okay. And then the, I guess the weirdest thing happened halfway through. And I was telling you guys about this as I was, as we were walking for dinner. I, I've never seen a, an argument in the... Yeah, yeah in, you remember you saying about this. It was so strange because I feel so bad sometimes being nosy. <laughs> like, I really like to keep my nose out of business as much as I can. But this time, it it was just, it was so strange seeing it happen in the middle of a busy hall. Mm. Um, essentially, what had happened was I was walking by myself on my phone, checking for updates, because I was doing a couple of fan meets and everything like that. So I did it, go through. Um, and then all of a sudden, I hear this screaming behind me. And I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? What in the blue blazes? What in the gosh dang heck is going on over there? <laughs> so I kind of I kind of slow down a bit as I'm listening and I just hear, well no, I'm upset so I'm going to be like this and I'm like, okay, turn around. Mm. So I ended up turning around and I essentially pretended to be on my phone as I was listening to this <laughs> this poor young man um, from what I could tell anyway mm. uh, there was this young man and what I assumed to be his girlfriend and he was comforting her Essentially whispering things, or, you know, whispering loud whispering enough so you can hear. Nothings. Yeah, going, like, it's okay, it's okay, everything will be okay. And this girl was just going, going off mm. in the middle of the hall, going, well, no, if I don't end up seeing them, it's going to ruin my whole con weekend. Oh, and dear. I've been waiting for so long. And ah, and they were just screaming and screaming. And they were going, well, no, because you're the one who said we should go over here. And then we're not going to end up seeing this. And oh, and I was like, oh, my God. And then and then I, I was like, this can't get any worse, can it? And then they started going, <laughs> and they started stamping their feet. Oh, jeez. They started stamping their feet like a little baby. Yeah. And the guy is going, please don't do this in public. Please don't. And she's like, no, I'm upset, so I can't act like this. And I was like, oh, my God. So it, too much excitement. Yeah, oh, it definitely sounds that way. Yeah. So that was that was wild. I uh, mm. never saw that at Comic Con, but um, 
overall, the, it, it was a really nice day. Um, Sundays are obviously much quieter. Yeah, it's much more chill. I mean, that sounds like probably the most exciting thing that happened at the show on definitely, the Sunday. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, but I, I ended up meeting up with a couple of a uh, couple of people who watch my stuff. Nice. It was nice. Al- always really really nice. Um, usually Saturdays are fantastic for that, but on mm. Sunday it's much more relaxed, which is yeah. uh, much more easy because uh, obviously when I when I meet up with a bunch of people all at the same time, my brain tends to short circuit a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So you know, but that was that was still really really nice. Um, I guess on that topic, actually, with weird con experience, have you I'm ever sure. had like a like an incident at a con, an or if you saw something at a con, or if something weird has happened at a con where you just uh, thought, "Well, that's irregular." Um, I mean, well, God, that's that's. Kind of, I mean, irregularity is sort of what conventions uh, yeah, are, I suppose. Sure. Um, you know, rather uninterestingly, I don't. I don't think so. I had I had a weird con injury. Go on. Um, so which was just one of those kind of weird happenstance things. It was back when I used to do um, because before I used to table at MCM, I actually used to be a, a handler for the voice actor guests. Oh. Um, and I remember I was I was crossing the con floor very quickly because I think I was going to, up to the green room to fetch somebody, mm. and I remember exactly who was responsible. Oh. It was a Bakura. From from Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh my god! And they had the I don't know what it's called because I've not watched Yu-Gi-Oh! But they had the pyramid thing uh, hanging from their belt. Yeah, I know which one you're on about. And as I walked past them, um, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna get all weird here. You have uh, for those of you who don't know, you have what's called a ganglia in your wrist, which is like a bundle of nerves, and it's really sensitive. And as I passed Bakura, his pyramid thing on his belt swung and struck me right in my wrist. Ah. And it fell, and it was just perfectly on point. Like, he couldn't have done it better if he'd have oh aimed. Oh, my God. And it felt like liquid fire across the back oh. of my hand. I was like, what the fuck just happened? And then my hand went numb for the rest of the con. And oh, I was like, no. has Bakura robbed me of sensation in my did, hand? Did, did he apologize? Or? No, it was it was a it was a drive-by ganglial oh, assault. Wow. Oh my was... god. <laughs> Holy shit, what the so, hell? In terms of so not really on the same level as your story, but in terms of kind of st- strange things happening I guess you see thank um, God, I, oh, I'm so thankful I haven't been apart from the time when a uh, dear B-Mask bless him uh, we all love B-Mask oh we were talking about how much we like B-Mask yesterday know, he's such a good sweet he's boy he's such a good boy I know and uh, the one time I got really sick and he had to look after me that's yeah. the that's the worst kind of, oh, it was so gnarly like just having having it so it was the first time I ever met with a group of people who are now regulars for me and I, yeah. I love them to bits they're so so lovely I love going out for drinks with them um, and they, they, they've turned from people who watch my content into mm. friends. Yeah, And that's yeah. such a nice thing. Um, the first time I'd ever met with them, we'd all gone to a pub. And I was just, I had to, like, keep a smile on. And I'd be mm. like, excuse me, vomit in the toilet. Oh, God. Do all that, go back out, wipe my mouth and just go, <laughs> hi, everyone. Like, oh, I'm was, living my best life. It was so gnarly. Um, but other than that, I wouldn't say there's been any con injuries. Um, mm. Other than interesting con experiences, like the time I was bitten by somebody. Somebody bit you? Yeah. Okay, they sure. They did. Uh, one of my very first conventions. Oh. Uh, I, I, I want to say I was dressed as Luffy, and I think I've said this before. Yeah, just uh, some girl dressed as Sakura just 
just latched onto my arm. I think they were doing sure. the cutesy anime bite thing, but then I'm okay. also like, you're a stranger. Yeah. My arm is strange to you. Yes. Uh, please leave <laughs> Your it Your teeth be. are strange to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> leave leave that aside, you animal. Uh, so that was... that was <laughs> Wow. Yeah, well, it's I'm like, you know what? Yeah. There, there comes a point where I'm just like, go away. I no, don't yes, like it. I I think yeah, I think there are there are certain ways to in which to introduce yourself to a a new friend yes. that perhaps is not one of them. I completely agree. Sure. Um. So now I guess on the topic of um critical role now this is something we've yeah. said again on the last two podcasts, but yes. I have to bring it up. Yes. Again, is the fact that I have never played D and D in my life. You sure haven't. And I really want to be able to play it someday. <laughs> okay. Um and it's so it's so frustrating because D and D has been something I've been invited to yeah. a lot. Yeah. But my my biggest problem is that I need that motivation to really start. Yeah. Um so I was thinking for the longest time like should I do like a a D and D stream, and um, that would be really cool, though. Yeah, uh, and I I did invite you on, yes. on the first podcast, yes. and you said uh, you said a, a tentative yes. Absolutely. Well, I mean, this is the thing. Like, I've I've now technically been asked three times. And, uh, yeah, that's true. And with each time, I feel with increasing certainty that this would be something that would be a lot of fun. For so. sure. Like my my friend Sylphie uh, wants to help out, and uh, that would we be fun, yeah. we like Sylphie. Yes, Sylphie's an angel. Sylphie's artwork is is mwah, it's yes. pucker. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I just, uh, there's so many things about it which confuses me, and it's the same with a lot of, um, I, I, would you count D&D as a board game? Because you get bored and you play it, ah! Oh, I'm to... <laughs> oh, japes, I'm like, how we laugh. Oh, how we giggle. Oh, it's always fun on this show. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Um, so it, so D&D falls under tabletop games, oh. which is... I'm. Uh, you wouldn't like Warhammer. You like Warhammer. Mm. Um, I think now I I may get lampooned for this, but I I am fairly certain you can say that board games fall under tabletop games, which is an umbrella term. But I wouldn't I I wouldn't call D and D a board game. It's it's an RPG. Sure. Okay. It's, yeah. It's an RPG. So I do like I do love games which are yeah. based around D and D. Sure. Like um. Oh, get I I was talking about it yesterday and I forgot mm. the name yesterday. But there are a bunch of games, um, like with the kind of top-down Diablo kind of style. Oh yeah, yeah, Especially like dungeon crawler kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, kind Ish. of like that. Yeah, where a lot of the options they give to you are very D and D type it's things. It's very stat-based. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, sure. I always love stuff like that. Divinity and, um, and that's the one I yeah, was thinking Divinity, of. Divinity original Divin sin. Those ones, yeah, I like yeah. those a lot. Um, and I like a uh, Dragon's Crown. Mm-hmm, yeah. Dragon's Crown, very based off D&D. &D, sure. Like, intensely based off d, &D. Even yeah. with the, with the, so I'm going to make a sorceress with big tits and she's going to be... Yeah. yeah. just so big she can barely walk, but she can because she's made of magic. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I love that game Who to Who needs death. physics when you have magic? I mean, it's true. I, I always think that if you're a witch, you may as well, you know, just cast a levitation spell on them and you've got, you're I pretty mean, golden, really. To be honest, yeah. yeah Why not? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, I always feel, especially with, uh, we were just talking about Vanillaware as well. We were. And it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's the kind of thing where Vanillaware's style obviously brings a lot of criticism with it. It but, does. Yeah, but I, I, I'm also on the on the line of well you know what like if th there's a thing where with vanillaware they really um what's the word they go over the top with yeah. male and female oh, designs it's super super exaggerated so it's like because i mean for example in dragon's crown there's mm. uh you get the the big titty uh shop girl yeah and then you get the the 
oh my goodness, the muscles on the the I warrior. Was, I was gonna say they always have that kind of like. There's always a villain, like a boss villain you have to fight. That's like a barra type. That's like For sure. huge and yeah. like really Shirt hairy off, and rippling muscles. Yeah, crotch speedo, like armored speedos. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's that kind of thing, and that's why I think I respect Vanillaware as much as I do because it's like they they like their designs the way they yeah, do. Yeah, it's definite. I mean, it definitely feels like a a level playing field. Let's oh. say. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, and I, I always like that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But, uh, I mean, I think their art direction is gorgeous. Anyway, oh, we were God, talking yeah. about how good vanillaware food looks. Ugh. Like, yeah, it looks so tasty. They could make a they could make a game in the post apocalypse and make eating maggots look tasty. They to me. really could though. Genuinely, they, in they fact, could. I feel like they should maybe look at doing like an RPG cooking game at some point. I would love to see. Um, we were just talking about Divinity: Original Sin. Yes. A game like that in yeah. Vanillaware's style. <gasps> that would be really nice. Vanillaware character yeah. designs yeah. spread all over that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. God, that would be. Mwah. If, yes. Even if they could just, if like a, a third party could hire Vanillaware, the yeah, art, the like art a collaboration team. kind of thing. God, that would yeah. be amazing. Like even like I, I always think because um I think with Magic the Gathering, yeah, they they hired some Japanese artists to do a bunch of a uh, card like card artwork. For yeah. Them. Um, I know they got uh, Amano from Final Fantasy. Really? To do, yeah. I didn't know that. That card goes for a thousand pounds now. I bet it, it does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a really, really rare card, and I would love to see Vanillaware, the artist uh, for Vanillaware, jump yes. in and do card designs and stuff that like that. That would be very cool. Um, I would absolutely adore that because, yes. um, and I, uh, I feel bad for Vanillaware in a way because they've been working on that other game. Um, Again, it's been such a long... Uh, 13 a- Aegis Rim, 13 Sentinels? Yeah. Yeah, and it that, it's coming out soon-ish with kind of like a chapter one kind oh, of okay. thing. Oh, okay, so they're doing it like an episodic release kind of thing. But I don't thing. think it was based as that originally. Uh... And I'm like, what happened with that game? Because I, it's... I feel like they definitely weren't planning it, and then it dropped off the map. It yeah. almost into vaporware almost. I was, was yeah. going to say, like, most of the Vanillaware games that I know of are ports mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. or older generation kind of stuff so i think the most recent one was the odin sphere remake yeah which is fantastic god it's beautiful yeah um and it's just, it's uh, yeah i i miss you vanillaware please yeah. come back you were my like one of my favorite developers yes, muramasa was like muramasa rebirth was one of my my first um one of my first handheld games. I mean, like, if you disregard growing up with Pokemon and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, and that's fantastic. Actually, on the note of food that looks freaking delicious in video games, uh-huh. I have to give an honourable mention to Battle Chef Brigade. Never heard. It's an indie game, and it's kind of, it's platformer, but also kind of like a combo beat-em-up type of thing. Interesting, okay. Um, but the art style is super cute, and it's a really satisfying game. It's basically that you beat up monsters, you gather ingredients, and then you cook with them and you are a competing chef and that's how in a world with monsters that's how they keep the monster population down and from threatening humans is by harvesting ingredients and making delicious food from them that sounds good it's, I like it's that. It's nice. It's a nice, simple, wholesome premise. There's a manga like that too, oh, I think. I think okay. it's a dungeon crawling manga huh. where a team of uh, D&D type characters yeah. go down into a dungeon and get lost. Right. So I think it's either lost or they get trapped there. That sounds so, familiar actually, yeah. So they need to kill the monsters, cook them, nice. and I, I think the entire thing is like they just end up really love 
cooking monsters so they end up again I, I haven't read it so I can't yeah. say and somebody out there is probably going oh, oh, you're, you're being so it's wrong. wrong yeah so it's like I'm sorry I'm sorry I apologize um but no so that I love that kind of stuff and I just, yeah I miss vanilla wear please want... come back soon I know we love you vanilla wear we please do. please keep working hard yes um so I guess if we were to uh, to move on to another question, mm. which I think is quite goofy, but I actually quite like it okay. a fair bit. Yeah. Uh, from at... Oh, for God's sake. I just read your name, dude. <laughs> <laughs> from at Stealth Fart. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> they asked the question, which villain or villainess in an anime or game would be the best date material? Uh... So basically, which... Um, What's what's the word that uh, that all of the the hip millennials like to say? What problematic? Problematic. <laughs> okay. I mean, to be honest, like if they're a villain, I feel like they probably wouldn't be great date material, great relationship material anyway. Okay, so let's let's boil it down to which villain uh, would, would you like to? <laughs> would you like to do a naughty with? Sure. <laughs> Would you like to tickle their chin and perhaps kiss them on the cheek? Of course, yes. Yeah, give, them, give, them, give them a gentle hug. There we go. A gentle, wholesome hug. A gentle, wholesome hug. Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I've got to go with my, my original wife, to be honest. Oh. Uh, Lust from Full Metal Alchemist. Ooh, great choice. I absolutely love her. That's mm. kind of, I mean, to be honest, like, where ladies are concerned, that seems to be my favourite character type, is the kind of, like, the type that would step on me. Uh, yaha. Yeah, uh-huh. it's, yeah, there's something about the kind of the very dark, very femme fatale, um, scary, could break you in half with a flick of her little finger. I feel like that's type. the case for every villain. Yeah. Like, at least... I mean, you do get the kind of, like, the slightly, you do get the batshit ones as yeah, well. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean I'm just I'm I'm thinking because I've we were talking a lot about this but I've just started watching uh, My Hero Academia and mm. there's Toga who's kind of she's quite Yandere yeah is um, she normally the fangs yeah kind she's of a, one with the fangs that yeah. likes draining people of their blood and as you do she's and she's like super crazy fangirl stalkery type now come on we've all been there well <laughs> <laughs> true true <laughs> yes um, but yeah I think for me. I'd, I'd probably say I've got to go with the OG and go Lust. Okay, that's... So, that's com- yeah. uh, I'm also going to go even more OG with that. Mm, I, I've always been uh, a big Maleficent lover. <gasps> yeah. Mm, yes. I, I sure do like them. And uh, in in Kingdom Hearts 3, they made her very tasty. Um, She's very stylish. She's very together. She confuses me in many ways. Right. Because I, I don't like... I don't like her English voice actress very much. Not right. be- not because she's not talented, sure. but because I I just think her voice doesn't really suit her appearance all that much. Maybe mm. that's a very personal thing because I've heard her in Japanese, and the entire time I'm like, oh god, <laughs> they... <laughs> wipe wipe drool off chin. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And like, oh, just Ma- Maleficent in general. And um, yeah, if if you guys like search up what about how Maleficent looks in Kingdom Hearts three, yeah. you're all gonna go. You know what? I didn't like Maleficent, but now I do. Yeah. Um, just an evil green witch, kind of like um. Yeah, but with the best, the best fashion sense though. But you know for a fact when she takes off her long hair, flops down her shoulders. Oh yes, and it's like, in, oh. a, in a perfectly, you know, um, a perfectly what's the word, tonged oh, cascade of yes. of magnificence. Exactly. Or no. maleficence, indeed. Hey yo, hey yo, we did it. We hit another good one. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> um, other than that though, mm. God, like anime characters that are. But a hot. 
I mean, as as the uh, 2008. Well, if, if we're going to, I mean, like Darby is my latest kind of villain who I'm like, oh, what a what a good hot boy because mm. he uses he uses fire. So, oh, okay. so speaking, you know, metaphorically, but also literally. Sure. Yes. I think as far as male characters go, yeah. uh, I'm going to have to go with the big two. Oh. Here. Yes, we're okay. going for a. Uh, Kuja from Final Fantasy Nine. Oh sure, my sure. My delightful, delicious boy. Uh-huh. And we're also going for a uh, Sephiroth. Oh uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I Jesus Christ, that that oh that foxy voice he has yeah, with like his his green eyes and the long he's hair. He's very smooth. For sure, he he's really very is. Very smooth. When he's like, "Nice to meet you, Cloud." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like, oh my god." Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Sephiroth and Kuja, <clears throat> um, they are very very nice boys. Um, God, anime villains though. It's it's yeah. Like I'm just I'm really trying to like rack my brains over over villains in anime, but yeah. Because the thing is, I can guarantee you, you go onto like just any site and you search it up, and bam, there they all are. Yeah. Um. Well, because I mean, I I tend to like the the anti heroes more if I'm being honest. Cause sure. I, they tend to be quite like the complexity of them and the kind of a. Uh, you know, I am out there doing bad things, but then I'll kind of come around at the end, a bit like greed, and I'm, I'm using yeah. all the homunculi here. Um, they're all good characters, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, you know what? I, they're not yeah. exactly villains, but I guess, um, I guess the Demon Sisters from Panty and Stocking. Oh yeah. yeah. I wouldn't even call them villains very no. much, but uh, I guess. You know what? Panty and Stocking are more villains than them. Yeah. Throw them that's into the fair. mix. That's God, fair. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Both of those are... Well, I don't know if Stocking isn't. I think Stocking was very much a... She's quite... Very M. Yes. Yeah, very M in the show. And they make a joke of it many times. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was a whole thing in that show. Gone. Yeah. You know what? That's one recommendation, actually. Panty and Stocking with Garter Belts, if you guys are... Garter Belts. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple. Oh, boy. Multiple. Um, fantastic show. Amazing comedy. Mm. Uh, Powerpuff Girls meets Phil. Yeah, it's oh god, yeah. Oh it's, yeah, it's graphic and offensive, but kind of it owns it. It's glorious. Yeah, it really is. Um, so I guess moving on, actually, there's a question here which I've already answered, mm. but I don't think you have. Okay. Uh, from at crust monster. Mm. Sure, sure. It, Tasty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that you're a fan of and interested in now that you never would have pictured yourself getting into? I didn't answer that. That's oh, different. Oh, okay. So, go ahead. Answer first. Um, I mean the the one that immediately springs to mind actually is Metal Gear Solid. Really? Yeah. Um, I did not. I mean, that's the thing. I I'm I've never been hugely taken with mech stuff. Sure. There have been exceptions to mm. the rule. Um, but as as a whole, like mech is not something I go out of my way to check out. Sure. Um, but when I discovered that it was kind of just like a bunch of dysfunctional boys living their best, handsome older men <laughs> in like crazy mother base life sure, I yeah. was like okay sure mm-hmm. yeah and and found myself just kind of getting steadily sucked into the insane mm. warren of Kojima lore basically and Metal Gear Solid 2 has like one of the best endings yeah ever so good that game yes. is I, I guess yeah as far as Metal Gear Solid goes I played the first game yeah didn't really like it all that much because sure. I just thought it was that old PS1 thing and I love old PS1 stuff yeah. but it was just uh, it just didn't click with me very well but then yeah. 
Metal Gear Solid 2, mm. it clicked with me 100%. Just I, landed. God, I love that game so much. Yeah. Um, God, what's another game that I did? This is going to sound like a really weird one. Mm-hmm. I have a few mobile games that I never would have thought I'd get into. That's fair. Because, yeah. um, so the games which I got into, uh, there are three. Actually, no, there are four. <laughs> there are four games. Um, Fate Go, Grand Blue Fantasy. Okay. Uh, we've then got the Final Fantasy Dissidia mobile game. Oh, right. And then the fourth one, which is going to sound a little bit weirder than the others, Disney's Tsum Tsum. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I love that fucking game. I know nothing. I, I've seen the Simpsons. Yeah. But I didn't know there was a mobile game. What it you, is. What do you do in it? It's the single most addictive thing if you if you need some like dopamine into your veins. Okay. Um, essentially, you uh, is dopamine the right word? Is that it? Is dopamine like happy? In- endorphins. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, one of one of the two. Yeah, I, I thought so it's like dopamine is sleepy. I'm like, oh no. Sleepy and happy, content, beautiful, content. So Sum Sum is essentially one of those uh, those games where you you drag down. You have to match the Sum Sum with the other Sum Sum, oh, and right. it's like a cascading amount of Sum Sum, and you sure. have to get a good high score. But it's so addictive and happy and wonderful. Sure. And they recently had a Kingdom Hearts event where you can get a little uh, Kingdom Hearts Sum Sum. Right. Okay. Really, really cute. Um, but yeah, mobile games, I've always had a very big um, vendetta against. Because right. I, I had this moment a few years back where I was like, ah, all games are going to go to mobile soon and we're not going to have console games or anything like that. <laughs> big baby. Um, but then I kind of got into Fate Go really hard, even mm. though it is a, unfortunately, it's a money sink uh, if you don't like to spend that much money on it. Right. Which I don't really like doing. I mm. like my games to be free to play, especially yeah. mobile games. And fe- you can do that in Fate Go. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to be, like, if you want to have, like, a relatively easy breeze in the sure. end game, you need if it, to... It, if you don't want to grind, for basically. Sure. Okay. Uh, a little bit, anyway. Sure. You, you need to have uh, have some money on hand, yeah. essentially. Um, and uh, thankfully, I got a, a five star without even needing to spend any money. And that is uh, my girl Mordred. Right. Oh, but, mm, yes. Exactly. I, I, I bought that. a I bought a figurine of her at Comic Con, yes. and uh, I think she's a very very uh, good girl. Um. So Fate Go, really fun, really addictive. Cool. Grand Blue Fantasy. Oh my God, that is that is probably one of the best mobile games out there if mm. you enjoy playing uh, JRPGs on any platform. Like Grand Blue Fantasy, it is it's becoming this like sensation. Um. Where we're now getting, uh, I think we've had a game which Platinum have worked on for half of the time, and now right. they're moving it back to Psy Games. Um, so Platinum have worked on, are working on a, a Grand Blue Fantasy game. Mm. Uh, we've got um, a fighting game coming out soon for Grand Blue Fantasy, right. made by the same people who made for Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Oh, same okay. art style and everything. Oh wow! So it's like cartoony kind of thing. Sure. Um, and it's so addictive, and the music is wonderful and it's so like oh it's so charming and everything is just so lovely in it um and yeah so again grand blue fantasy guys uh, if you haven't tried it out i i recommend you give it a look because it's um so much more user friendly with money right um i i remember uh, i think it was around new year they gave you an event where you got about 10 free pools every single day where at some points you could get a definite, like, super rare. Right, yeah. And it was so, so, like, gracious with the amount of stuff they gave out. And the final game, which was the Dissidia game, is something I never thought I'd be this into. But the Dissidia mobile game 
is what I would honest to God recommend to anybody who was a little bit disappointed with the recent console release of Dissidia NT, like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, because the Dissidia mobile game is um, called an Opera Omnia. Okay. It is essentially an RPG. Oh, okay. Where you level up your dudes. Mm -hmm. um, there's a big storyline in it where you don't need to unlock it with bloody crystals. Um, <laughs> you get to unlock a plethora of Final Fantasy characters Ooh, in it. a plethora. So many. Good word. From titles which aren't even in NT. Mm. Um, so, for example, you can get Beatrix, Steiner, Garnet. You can get Vivi. Uh, I'm just saying from Final Fantasy IX alone. Mm. Zidane. You can even have Kuja and everything. Like, as a villain, you can uh, yeah, have on your party and everything. So yeah. it's, like, fantastic. And they have so many characters in it. And it's so wonderful. Um, I think Ica, was it Aiko's in it as well, which is, uh, so almost the whole bloody cast, just get them all in there. Um, and it's really, really fun. And they have the whole break and uh, bravery system as well, which works so well in turn-based. And in general, really, really fun game. And I never in my life would have expected a mobile game yeah. to give me that much enjoyment. I mean, that's super, it, it's I think that's the one you were showing me earlier. It's, like, super complex. For sure, like, yeah. For a mobile game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So um, that's definitely something which um, those of you who love Final Fantasy, mm -hmm. you maybe want to um, get into get into another title on the phone which you can actually put a decent amount of time into. Final Fantasy, Dissidia, NT, Op Opera, Omnia. Get into that shit. Dig your teeth in. <laughs> mm. Taking a little sip of water. My mouth's getting a... <laughs> Little bit of like thick molasses. Oh, lovely! I know. Yum, 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 yum. Um, okay, so let me see here. We've got a a fun question here. Okay. From a, at, I think every single name I pick out, I see something in it where I'm like, "Oh, you guys!" Uh, from Speedweed on. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, what shows, movies, or games do you two like that are otherwise looked down on or despised mm. by the general public? Basically, guilty pleasures in Despise. general. Now, I have answered this question so many times on this show. So right. this is really a question where I'm going, take the stage. Get, oh, just to, yeah, God. By all means. I mean, that's about 90% of the stuff I like. Go, go, um, go. Oh, jeez. I did see some um, plushes up there of a, of a rather a game which is kind of split down the middle, which is Into the Woods. Is oh, that night, it? night in the Woods. That's the one, yeah. Right, um... Oh, gosh. I don't know if I'd call that a guilty pleasure for me. I'd call that a completely unabashed love. Um, sure, that works, yeah. I mean, I mean for, that, for that one, um, it was kind of... I think with that one, the thing that appealed about it to me was that um, that feeling... It's a very specific feeling of when you are in university and you kind of you've left your your small hometown mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. everyone is in everyone else's business like where i'm originally from it's way out in in the countryside sure. and everybody knows everybody's business yeah, uh -huh. and um you know and and it's that kind of you've been out into the world and you've been around and you've experienced new things and all this kind of stuff and then you come home again and you're kind of stuck in that limbo between being a kid and being an adult. And you're too... You look at the kids in your hometown and you're like, I'm an adult now. Yeah. But then you speak to all the people that have known you since you were a kid and you're still a child. For sure. And you come back home and it's like... 
you know, all of the older generation are still complaining about like, oh, I remember when this town used to be X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and, yeah. and you see the young people who are kind of kicking around going, there's nothing for me here. Mm. And the the older generation going, but everybody's leaving. And, yeah. you know, why are you not sticking around and helping revitalize this town? And it, there was just something about it that really kind of captured that weird sense of limbo where you're you're about to be kicked out into the adult world, but you're still a kid. And okay. it's, and also kind of seeing the contrast between having been out and around and then coming home and seeing that everything is exactly the same and nothing's ever going to change. All right. Okay. Because so, all I've really heard about it is yeah. from... Because um, I, I personally uh, love a channel called Only Plays. Um, right. It's what I like to call pretty much... Um, what, where does Clemens get his dumb voices from and it's like, <laughs> you go onto only plays i swear to god i've been watching them for so long now but their regular way of speaking has almost seeped into my stuff i feel so uh, bad on streams because a lot of the time on my streams i'm just doing chris's like, oh, like that your, kind of... your trade secret is out i know it's true it's true <laughs> it's, to be perfectly honest like we've we've got so many um my husband and i are really big fans of cryotic mm. And we've got so so many dumb in jokes from like watching let's plays and things like that. It does like I guess when you it kind does of really in, enjoy yeah. somebody's style, like it it kind of yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. And um, so uh, on on their channel, they were talking about uh, Night in the Woods, and it uh, a lot of the stuff they were saying about it. I was like, I probably wouldn't like that either. It's a sure. lot of the the millennial language that is said. They're very right. like uh, you know. I, I guess it's um quite. Uh, obnoxious in the way they speak right. almost like meme sure chat. yeah and it, i'm like yeah it does have that it does have that feeling which is interesting because for me it didn't jar okay for me i was kind of like it, it which could be because it was just it was my sense of humor like mm. there's a bit where may gets absolutely trashed at a party right and does that horrific thing that everybody who has ever been drunk in public has done where they start monologuing oh. or you know having that moment where you you know you do that thing and then you wake up the next morning and you think god i wish why, did, I, I why did nobody stop me yeah um and she's she's like it's not my fault i'm a fucking trash mammal okay and i was like oh that's a mood mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but yeah i can like i uh, that being said um one of my biggest things that i really couldn't get on with with life mm. is strange Ugh. was was the use of like I, i'm so hello so- fellow kids kind I of thing hated that yeah, game i really yeah, did too. yeah um, you know again power to you if you like it i always yeah, say it. absolutely like it's a very it's a subjective thing like for me i couldn't get on with it and i think i hated every character right <laughs> yeah i couldn't get along with it at all it was it they, they they just say things it's like oh wowzers and yeah well, it's just oh it's, smoking weed like ah oh, so so young and rebellious I'm like Bleh. yeah it's 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 a personal thing and like for me that really jarred but I like for me when I was playing Night in the Woods it it didn't but that was just okay. for me so maybe it's because they didn't have voice actors. It it could be, I guess. Mm. Yeah, maybe maybe that helps. If they were saying like, "Oh, I'm such a trash mammal," you'd be yeah, like, "Oh if, god." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you'd heard it spoken, but I guess because it kind of just comes up in like in in marquee text, mm. you can sort of read it with whatever tone of voice you want. Sure, I suppose. Yeah, um, I mean that that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, what other games? Or let's just let's just throw in just yeah, movies, shows, games, and stuff like that. See. Okay, so one of my favorite, one of my uh, my honest to god favorite films mm-hmm. is Titanic. 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, I'm not even going to say that's a guilty pleasure because so, that there's a reason why that film got as high as it well, is. That's, I mean, that's the thing. Like, people meme the hell out of it now and everybody's no, like, yeah. oh, God, Titanic kind of thing. But, like, I mean, for me, it's it's um, it's actually just because... I'm a really big historical fashion fan and watching mm. all of the people swanning around in Edwardian fashion, like the hats, I'm just like, I just, I love how they look. Yeah, for sure. It's so elegant. Um, but yeah, I, I love that film. Um, and yeah, it, it gets, it gets kicked to the curb a lot, I think, because it's cheesy and it is, che- it is certainly it's that. cheesy as heck. And like, you know, it's back in the day when, when good old Leo was was the heartthrob for every teenage girl. Oh, Leo! <laughs> I mean, you know, there's. I, I'm frightened to think that there are probably people listening to this podcast who were maybe not even born when it was released. Oh my God! Yeah. But I remember it coming out in the cinema, and you know, being in school, and it was a twelve, I think, and there were kids in school who had gone to see it with their parents, and they were too young, and they were like, "Oh my God, there's a sex scene in <gasps> it," and you know shock and horror goodness um, me yeah so I've, I've seen boobs yeah seriously and actually no there's full frontal in that movie is that really I, I haven't watched it in so maybe, long maybe she's covered up I don't know maybe you I, only I think it's hinted at that it's full frontal yeah, but maybe you that's the thing because I, I watched it when I was a little boy and I know for a goddamn fact that there were boobs in that oh there are boobs it would have stuck with me for many <laughs> sure. many years I, would, I, just, uh, I, oh. I think there's kind of I think there's convenient object placement censorship sure I, so, sure so yes um, so yeah, I think that's that's probably quite a big one. And then I watch and I have an awful lot of guilty pleasure TV series. I mean, I really enjoy Teen Wolf. Oh my it's, god! It's <laughs> I I love it. I love it. It's such a guilty pleasure. But my god, the amount of unnecessary slamming of shirtless people into lockers Yay. and like just I kind of appreciate that they basically just take any excuse to like get the guys shirts off and like there's fan service with the girls as well but like again it feels like quite a level playing field yeah that's so. the, it's a kind of thing where it's like I respect people for liking what they like that doesn't mean I can't have a giggle yeah it's well this is the thing like I remember it was a friend of mine who was originally watching it and she just we were chatting about stuff and then she was like oh god I've started watching this thing called Teen Wolf you have to watch it with me we'll get pissed oh and, no that's that's good and yeah. like yeah and you you've just got to watch it and just uh, I mean it in the later series not so much but like certainly at the beginning it knows how silly it is sure. and i can i can respect that so does it, does it have like the same camp level as like buffy oh god yes okay fair oh yes dues. it's yeah. it's buffy but just with less with no vampires and just a lot more werewolves i'm into and, that yeah yeah that's cool yeah and all fours awkward all fours human running like oh, people running yeah. on all fours which is a bit like it it it's it's a thing. No, sorry, it, it did remind me. Uh, have you seen that tweet that's been going around of Karen of the Boreal Valley? Yes, <laughs> so yes, creepy. I have. It's terrifying. Please Google it if you don't know what it is. It's just it's just so don't, eerie. Don't Google it last thing at night if you're on your own in the house because you won't sleep. It's. I, I mean, I beg to differ because all you're looking at is some flexible girl <laughs> oh, yes, running around absolutely, like a dumb. Absolutely, <laughs> but you will you will then have nightmares about it. It's so, so funny. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's it's very unnerving. <laughs> Um, oh, okay, you know what? We we rarely have, like, movie speak on this show, oh, actually. And sometimes okay. when it does, it comes out of nowhere. But there's a question here, which is specifically about movies. Um, the HGS, uh, or 
how do you pronounce this name? The HGS Ansostry. Sansostry? Sansostry, yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess that's right. Yeah. Or the HG Sansostry. I'm so sorry for butchering your name <laughs> there, my dude. Um, favourite movie of all time? That's a really tough pick, though. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because <sighs> I'm already... I'm. Oh, you know what? Nope, I know exactly what my oh, favourite yeah? movie is. And, I, I, you know, I may have very well answered this on another podcast. Okay. So I'm going to throw in uh, a few. Uh, I'm sorry if I already have, but we have got Kit here to give us some fresh looks into it. Right. Let's just refresh everybody on what I like. The Thing, okay. the 1980s movie. Right. Absolute masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, scares me to this day. Right. Uh, we've got uh, Meet the Feebles. Sure. The film I brought up last <laughs> yes. night. Uh, but I love it for many reasons. Sure. Uh, it is a big piece of shit and I love it because it's a big piece of shit. Yeah. It is just, it is just unapologetically disgusting. <laughs> um, and it, it it's the kind of thing where the puppets look so gross and some of them look so badly put together but it adds a whole other element to the grime of this whole thing it makes it feel dirty disgusting when they vomit or things get smashed into the floor it looks real nice yeah i say real you know it looks real and it's just like the old grainy vhs quality of it and everything it's uh, it's just such a gross film and i love it so much um other than that really i mean a few a few like classic horror films. I'm a real big horror buff. Yeah. I love my horror movies. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the first half of the the blob, mm. the 1980s blob. Okay. I yeah. feel like that makes a really disturbing body horror thing. Yeah. But then the governments come into it, and I'm like, okay, yeah. put it aside for now. Yeah. As, sure. I, I always, whenever I rewatch the blob, I'm right, right. Watch until the government come. Yeah. Turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Because after that, it turns into pure schlock, and not in a particularly fun sure. way it's like the, the town is going to band together to get rid of the blob and i'm like i want to see the blob dissolve people <laughs> yes i want to yeah. see more of i want to see more of the the first half where it's running rampant you know they kill a kid in that movie really yeah they do there, there is there are these two kids and the the main female lead and they're running through the the sewers and then one kid gets dragged underwater yeah. and then he comes out of the water and half of his face is melting off oh! and he gets dragged underneath and i'm like ah it's so gross. It's so horrible. If you, if I was watching that as a kid, mm. never would I be able to watch a movie again. Sure. Because something which a lot of older films do that I really appreciate, and I'm sure some modern ones do, yeah, is um, kids in in a lot of horror movies. Uh, some most of them. They, they make it out okay. They survive. There's, there's sort of yeah. an unspoken rule about kids quite exactly. often, isn't there? So a lot of the kids, they make it out fine. In the yeah. blob, they don't give a fuck about the kids that kid gets fucking dissolved and it's oh, just it's so horrible rough. so i i had that almost like a, an instant when i was watching it right like the child inside of me yeah. panicked and i was like oh, oh my god <laughs> that could happen to me yeah, is he okay yes <laughs> no the yeah. answer is an emphatic no <laughs> a big hard no yeah yes. exactly um, so, favourite movies for you? Like, favourite movies. You, you don't have to go for your favourite all of a sudden, but ones yeah. which you think of and you go, I love that movie, yeah. you know? I mean, the one that immediately springs to mind, which um, was one of those ones where uh, where Matt, my husband and I, we were, I think we were just on the tube and, um, and we just saw like a billboard mm. poster for it and we were like, oh, okay, well, let's maybe go and speculatively check that out and okay. it, it ended up being one of our favourite movies wow uh, was a John Favreau movie oh. um, directed and starring uh, I don't know whether he, he I think he may have written it as well mm. um, and it's it's called Chef 
And it <laughs> Sorry, is... no. I, I, I only know that movie, yeah. I think, from Filthy Frank. Right. Okay. Oh, <laughs> contextualise it for me. Uh, because as I, I think it's the movie anyway. Yeah. Basically, uh, back when when uh, when George used to do his um, Filthy Frank stuff, yeah. uh, now he's just doing music and respect to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, they used to do a really vile cookery show, which was oh, so funny. Right. So funny. And they always used to do this thing where he used to go, ah, oh, props to chef. Oh. And he's like, stick it up on the wall now. They, they used to treat it as like a god of the show and they used right. to like worship it essentially. <laughs> And like throw things at it. It was so funny. So, nice. Yeah, nice. That, that's where I maybe know that movie. A, maybe it's a reference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's one of those movies where like, you know how even in kind of feel good movies, there's always like that moment where they had to throw in a bit of tension. Oh, like, yeah. Like where something goes wrong. It's one of those movies where, the, and saying it like this makes it sound like it would be boring, but it's really not. Okay. It's one of those movies where you, you're kind of waiting for that to happen, and it mm. just doesn't. It's just huh. a movie about like a, a kind of oak cuisine chef who's really good and started out as a prodigy and is now kind of uh, corralled into this really this restaurant where he's got a really overbearing owner who's mm-hmm. like, no, you're not going to try anything new. You're just going to cook like what I tell you to cook. Sure. And he has a massive meltdown that goes viral on the internet. Oh my God. And gets fired. And he opens up a food truck and travels around the States. And it's just about him being happy and cooking really delicious food that he wants to cook. Aww. And it's very wholesome, but also it's kind of like, I guess for creative people, it's there's that kind of feeling of like... Oh, I've been in that position where I've wanted to kind of go loose and just do, you know, like be creative. Yeah. And there are, you know, too many, too many chefs uh, spoiling the broth. Is that the the Uh, phrase? I don't know. Um, Some cliche like that. But yeah, basically. And it's like, you know too too many restrictions and you just want to go loose and yeah but that's a really good movie and also it makes you super hungry and it's basically just food porn oh which is i, I do great. like that i it's, do like it's that. so good for the food cinematography back onto vanillaware uh, yeah back onto vanillaware wow yeah wow i'm hungry uh, I, <laughs> apparently my stomach did rumble earlier yeah. i was quite hungry i've sold this movie well yeah seriously um i think also i'm a huge makoto shinkai fan oh uh he did your name Oh, uh, Voices sure. of a Distant Star, Garden of Words. Yeah. Um, I love his stuff. Uh, I think the very first thing by him that I ever saw was Voices of a Distant Star and I and Place Promised in our early days and stuff like that. Um, I loved Your Name when it came out. Mm. It was it was phenomenal and, and it was really cool seeing him kind of collaborating with Ghibli as well. Yeah. Um, but Garden of Words uh, is I've, I tend to like really slow paced movies actually. Like I enjoy kind of Marvel blockbusters and stuff like that as well. Th- those are um, those are nice easy throw your popcorn in your popcorn face. It's good popcorn movie yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah Garden of Words is like phenomenal animation and um, kind of like not to not to get too kind of heavy or anything, sure, but like sure. getting into the sort of mental health stuff. Like mm. um, I've got very lucky friends who have never been through anything like anxiety or depression, and <laughs> that film is kind of my go-to where people are like, I have no idea what depression is like. I don't know how it affects people. I don't know what it feels like to go through. And I'm like, watch Shinkai's Garden of Words. Wow, because it's a really it, it gets the kind of subtleties and the nuance, the stuff you don't expect. Interesting, um, okay. So, like, there's a bit where 
it she it's it's about like this this young woman who's a turns out to be a teacher and she keeps meeting this guy who's kind of bunking off school mm. um and it's just about how their kind of their interactions and how their relationship grows and stuff and he brings a bento lunch every time he goes to the park right and he eventually kind of says to her like i've never seen you eat like do you you know you never bring a lunch <laughs> and she's like oh okay uh, and reaches into her bag and just pulls out beer and chocolate like uh-huh. bars and bars of chocolate and she's like will this do and he's like horrified like my god what are you doing but it's that kind of like yeah actually i know exactly yeah and it, it's full oh of, my god There's... it's full of moments like that I've never seen that film before, but just hearing that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's full of little nods like that, and it's kind of, it's, yeah, it's really good for that. And in terms of, like, just a really silly um, favourite movies, I love the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies. I love those I, films. They are such a romp, and they're the, so yeah. fun. I, and... I completely agree, yes. I, especially the first one. Yes, um, the first yeah. one is excellent. They, they, I mean, here's the thing, if you're a Sherlock Holmes fan, probably don't watch it because it's going to piss you off. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, God damn, just as like for fun action yes. movies where yeah. the, the main character is a is a, is a joy. Yeah, and, he's, uh, he's just completely batshit. Oh, yeah. And like the on-screen chemistry between Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law is so good. It's, I, I actually loved that film, yes. unironically. I yeah. know it gets a bit of bashing because it, it plays into what a lot of people, you know, like we're going to make this film into a big bombastic Hollywood yeah, thing. And it's like, but... But it worked. It, it did. It's... It worked. Because the thing is, I feel like a lot of people who say, like, oh, I can't believe they're doing this to Sherlock Holmes, probably haven't really... Well, re- like, I mean, uh... in a way, it actually returns back to more of the original material with him being a bit of a, like, Queensbury Rules dude and stuff. Sure, yeah. Okay, so, I never actually thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's just, it's it's good did, fun. Did we get and... to see him do nose clams in that movie? I, I, don't, I can't uh... remember. I don't think we did. Yeah, no. I, I think it's probably hinted at a couple of times. Yes, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. That would have been weird, Robert Downey Jr. doing that thing. Yeah, it's probably yeah. why he didn't bring it up. Yeah, well, quite possibly. Yeah. Quite God, possibly. That, that man had had the best turnaround I think I've ever seen for a celebrity with he, that kind of stuff. He is, from from what I know, um, he is a gent. Yeah, from yeah. what I've heard. I, he I, really I, seems it. I like that man a lot. Yes. Can we say that? Robert, you're a nice guy. You, you are, <laughs> on the off chance that you that you are listening oh, to Oh, he's this. listening. He's a regular. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Me yeah. and Robert like that. Absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, so no, those those I guess would be the picks that immediately spring to mind. Sure, sure. So yes. Um, well, we've got one here from uh, your husband. Really? <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> that is a that is a that is not his Twitter name. Okay. Uh, but uh, it is it is uh, your husband. Yes, who's, my uh, husband. Who's it? So uh, shout out to to uh, to Matt. Hello, husband. Yes. Hello, Matthew. Uh, but we we were playing a game earlier, and this is what brings up the question. And I yeah. thought it was uh, an interesting question to ask, actually. Uh, what tropes are you tired of in games, anime, manga, and what themes would you like to see explored more in these mediums? I mean, do you want to do you want to go first? On I this can one? take it the fuck away. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I mean, the thing about tropes is they're tropes for a reason. Yes. Sometimes tropes exist just to move things along. Um, and sometimes when people try to subvert tropes, it can be a little bit annoying. It can feel a little try-hard, depending For on how sure, it's done. Absolutely. Um, but there are some shows like uh, I was talking about it yesterday in the Uber, mm. uh, Hunter Hunter, yeah, which subverts a lot of regular shonen things um, just beautifully, and it, it does it in a way which isn't really in your face. We're gonna subvert all this shit, da da da, and it's just it's really really good, but. 
As for ones I'm sick of, um, the game we were playing earlier, I think I think exactly what it's called. Tokyo Xanadu. Yeah, it's a Vita game which is ported to the PS4, and we were just uh, playing that uh, in the other room um, on the big TV. Mm-hmm. And we, <laughs> what what started off originally, we were like, oh, it's gonna be. It, it ended up becoming a really funny game of um, trope it just, bingo. It was it was literally trope bingo. Trope bingo for and now. We only played about an hour. Yes. So for all we know, they could get all the tropes out the way and the rest of the game could be incredibly inventive. It could be shockingly uh, subversive? Is that sure. the word? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They could get everything out of the way, but the very first hour of that game quite literally is trope bingo. Oh, yeah. You've got, um, you've got the girl being cornered by the delinquents yeah. turns out she's not quite as meek as she may yeah, seem yeah she's a badass we've got the uh so gonna please list them off yeah uh, you so you've got you've got the the childhood friend who's also the girl next door who despairs of the main character and cooks all of his breakfast and his lunches Big and papas. mother yes mm. yes very very curvy yes um you've got the sort of yakuza light best friend who's got Slightly, the, yeah. the bleach blonde hair and wears his collar open and has a an in a school inappropriate t-shirt underneath that's always kind of like folding his arms behind his head and lamenting his lack of love life and yeah, and then we've got um we've got the uh, what was what was the other things as well we've got um oh my god i see it's funny now we're playing you've, trope bingo it's yeah, just like yeah you you've got the 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 homeroom tomboy te- yeah you've got genki sports tomboy girl um who practices at the dojo and does martial arts and she's always kind of like I'm okay, and I. How are you doing today, senpai? Kind yeah, of thing. seriously. And, um, the schoolroom teacher. Yeah, you've. Yeah, their homeroom teacher is like a middle schooler when they're all high school students, and she's like some crazy advanced genius. And she's and his cousin. She's his cousin, and refers to him with like a pet name in class, and then goes, "Oh wait, sorry, no. Oh, I keep talking to you like we're at home in front of the entire class." And yeah. it was very, yeah. very funny. But um, yeah, it was entertaining. The gameplay looked okay. <laughs> it did, uh, yeah. For, for a Vita game, the yeah. gameplay looked completely competent. Yeah. It looked like 60 FPS. It, yeah, 60 FPS. Um, music was nice. Yeah, uh, it's Falcom. Falcom always. Yeah. It out the park with that kind Had of a shit. nice, nicely two D animated intro sequence. That was very nice. That was cool. Yeah. Um. Overall, though, it's it it was essentially persona. Not. Yes. <laughs> it really. It was yeah. Persona. Exactly. Yeah. P- persona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. It really felt that way because you know, you'd be like, you'd all like social linky thing, and you wander around the school, and you and have you're... free time. And... Yeah. It was like ah, oh, somebody's trying to crack in on that, but um. Yeah. Usually though, Falcom absolutely um nail the tits out of um out of their games like a. Uh, Trails in the Sky, probably one of my favourite um, recent JRPGs that I've played. Um, uh, fucking um, Trails of Cold Steel apparently is really good. Yeah. Just yeah, just in general, just um, Falcom usually nail it. So I was very surprised to see um, all of those tropes mm. just uh, just pop up. It, it could be that partway through they land an enormous twist and nothing is what you think it is, and we could be completely wrong. For all we know, yeah, we we could be. Yeah, it was it, it was it was it was very very funny though. It it was. Um, yeah, and I I think like you say, um, just kind of looping back round to the question, I suppose. Um, 
like you say, like tropes exist for a reason. They're very handy in some circumstances. They're basically they're a shortcut. They're mm. something that, that registers super fast, so that you can move things along. For sure. Um, but at the same time, I guess there's no. I can't really think of any particular trope that I don't like that I wish would stop. I've said this one before. Yeah. I this I, I this this is the most nitpickiest trope. But I <laughs> swear to God, I cannot stand it whenever I see it, and I don't know why my body is conditioned to hate this trope. Right. I can't stand it. Whenever there's an OP or an anime in a game yeah. or whatever. The innocent girl, who's usually associated with a holy element. Right. Or so, there's some kind of purity. Yes. Try and imagine right now what's going to happen to them in the intro. Yeah. Can you can you visualise what it is? I... Yeah, the the kind of... The prayer... There we in, go. In the, in the beam of light. And look, gen- sometimes with, with tears. Uh, zooming up a windy hill. And they're at the yes. top and they're, they're praying and the wind swipes their hair. It's just the innocent pure girl praying. Yeah, whenever sure. something goes wrong or whenever... Um, in an intro, they're always praying because that is the easiest way to get get the fact across that this person is pure. Yes. And I, I don't know why, it just really gets me because I kept, I think there was like a long stretch of time where I kept on seeing it again right. and again and again. There, I mean, there was that kind of, I guess I'm thinking of like early 2000s anime, but there was kind of a trend for a while and this is like not what that trope is limited to, but there was kind of a string of ecclesiastically themed anime yeah yeah so yeah. kind of stuff like um i mean chrono crusaders that's i think a lot older but things like trinity blood oh my god and, yeah, that's uh oh god i'm gonna all of them are gonna fail me now I'm, <laughs> i won't be able to think of any but yeah like there, there were quite a lot of that that sort of acolyte type sure, or, sure. or cleric type or yeah yeah it always got on my bloody tits but yeah. um yeah other than that really um yeah. i think maybe shonen st- i mean shonen has tropes that make it shonen but i think there are uh i think shonen as a genre could maybe do to shake things up a little well that's what i liked with um promise neverland yeah um it appeared in shonen jump and promise neverland is um at least series one yeah uh it it really did blow me away with its quality and just um how different it is compared and i said this to you again it's, Mm. it's almost as if um you know, obviously, I'm not comparing Promise Neverland to Death Note. Well, sure. But when Death Note was out, and uh, this also relates to Eyepatch Wolf's um, battle anime without battles. Yes. Um, Death Note is an anime where there are barely any battles. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the battle is a battle of wits. It is a battle of wits. Yeah. And Promise Neverland is that as well. Yeah. Promise Neverland is a bunch of kids trying to outwit um, forces that are stronger than them. Yes. And I love it. Yeah. Um, from what I've read in in the rest of Promise Neverland, we do eventually get um, you know trying to defend themselves with a mm. uh, you know potential weaponry and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, but for what it is, at least season one is so compact that I could literally never watch it again, and mm-hmm. I could go just watch season one. Yeah. Season that, one of Promise Neverland, do. I'd say is a a really strong hitter. Yeah. Uh, very very good. Uh, starts off. Uh, I think I said this, uh, again. Um, I feel like it cucks a lot of people who really <laughs> love horror. Yeah. Really loves horror because it starts off and episode one fucking scared me. It really did. I was mm. I got shivers. I was like, oh my god, and I was waiting for that 
horror to come back and it does yeah it seeps in through the matriarch and everything like that and all yeah. that and there are little moments where i'm like Ugh. but and it's more it's subtle for sure yeah right. the rest of the series really is a mystery um battle of the wits kind of um very you know basically smart kids going ah you you thought you outwitted me there and then it swerves yeah. around and they go actually it's me who outwitted you <laughs> yeah and it's like that kind of shit and it's yeah. um but no, uh, good series. I recommend people check that one out. Um, so now we have a question from at Call Me Lona, and they ask, "What's your hottest take on your favourite series of games?" Oh. Mm. Oh. Um. If you can't think of it straight away, I can go. I yeah, can, yep. go go for it. Awesome. Go um, it. Final Fantasy IX, my favourite game of all time. Uh, as a series, I've already expressed what I don't really like about modern final fantasies as much as it is purely subjective um i've already said it yeah you know, i would like turn-based to come back but if the rest of a final fantasy series can continue to uh or at least you know in my opinion uh make, make fun action games uh mm. which have people who know how to make action behind it uh, which I felt like Final Fantasy XV didn't really hit the nail on that much. Yeah. It was quite uh, automated and I wasn't a massive fan. Um, again, like Final Fantasy XV has its fans and I, I respect that, but it just really didn't hit for me. Um, with Final Fantasy IX, though, I have said on many occasions this is a game which I consider to be a masterpiece. Yeah. I really do. But at the same time, despite me calling it a masterpiece maybe it's uh, hypocritical of me, I still think it has problems. Yeah. Uh, it is, I guess it's a masterpiece on a, on a personal sure. level. On a, on a personal level. That was my phone. It just dropped on the floor. <laughs> um, but what, what really gets me about uh, Final Fantasy IX is that at a certain point, it really does feel unfinished. Right. It feels like it could have used a little more time in the oven. There are characters where their arcs never really... Um, burst they never yeah. really flourish yeah um there's a character called freya right. who you may recognize as the rat lady dragoon yes yes with the excellent hat precisely yes i love freya i think she's a really really interesting character but her arc just kind of drops off at a certain point right and it her entire storyline is about her try she's essentially become a bit of a drifter um mm. ever since her boyfriend kind of left her and never returned yeah um she became depressed and always trying to search for the one she loved the most yeah. you know Zidane first meets her drinking in a bar and um so you're like oh wow you're funny gonna do that and then she finds her boyfriend yeah and he's completely lost his memory right can't remember her at all and she her heart breaks on the spot and they're like, are you okay? And, and she starts laughing to herself and she goes, the one man I was searching for the most can't even remember my name. Oh. And and then, barely brought up again, oh, ever again. no! It's resolved right at the very, very end. Right. And it still feels quite iffy. Sure. And there are bits, and it's just, so Freya, I feel like, needs revision, heavy revision for Freya. Yeah. Because there's a fantastic character there. Yeah. It just needs to feel complete yeah because there are pieces missing and uh, i'm gonna bring this back up again in my final fantasy 9 video eventually sure. um other things uh just a f just a few bits which i just felt were a little bit iffy um in the original ps1 game the fact that the battles take far too long to load right slow gameplay the trance system feels broken at some points when you hit trance which is like your limit break yeah yeah um you can only... So essentially you have like a charge bar where enemies will attack you. 
your yeah. trance will increase. If you hit trance, you go into it. You can't select whether or not you want to. Right. If the battle ends... You're locked in. Yeah. Yeah. Even if the battle ends, it resets. Sure. So it's quite iffy. You know, right. I'd rather choose when to use it. But then trance is so overpowered anyway. Yeah. That what a lot of people do is they get hit intentionally before battles, get their trance almost a full, yeah. then go into a boss battle and wipe the fucking floor. Sure. So, eh, you yeah. know, definitely needs revision there. But, yeah. you know, overall, for me, it is just uh, my own personal little... Sure. Little dirty masterpiece I keep over <laughs> in the corner, you know, which uh, yeah. people can We all of... have one. It's like the kind of thing where you, you give birth to a child, as I've done eight times, um, oh, pushed them out of, of my womb. Yeah. Um, you know, God bless every single one of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Your brood. Exactly. And, you know, they all tasted delicious, but that's another story for another wow. time. Wow. <laughs> wow. That I did not see that plot twist coming. <laughs> wow. Uh, subverted your expectations, oh my, my friends. Subversion of tropes. Shonen, take note. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing like, you know, you, you have a child, your yeah. child looks the ugliest child in the world, and you show, you go, look how beautiful he is, and Bless they go, it. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> they're so handsome, and yes. then it's like, they're, they're trying their best. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the way I feel like, you know, I, it's, it's always amazing when I see people go, I, I know what you mean about Final Fantasy IX. Yeah. I've seen what you think about that. Amazing yeah. games. And I'm like, sure. oh, thank God. And then there are people like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm yeah. like understand i do yeah well it, that's the thing it's always going to be there's always going to be an element of subjectivity to it mm. so and that's why my video is really going to be why i think yeah it's a masterpiece yeah. rather than why you should think it's a masterpiece yeah it's just yeah. a personal take mm -hmm. yes so what about you favorite games uh... so, i mean so my favorite i mean probably my favorite games are the witcher Ooh. the witch series which the i mean I've heard bad things about the first two. Yes, the the first two. I mean, they they hit their stride with three. There is no question. God, it's a great game. To be honest, like I'm I'm gonna mention like the, I I freaking love The Witcher, but I'm not gonna make that the game series I talk about because mm. I think what I would give is not a hot take. Sure. I think most of the criticisms I would level at it are more or less generally acknowledged. Neither was mine, actually. Now I come to think of it, mine were quite well recognised within the Final <laughs> Fantasy IX fan. <laughs> Shit, I fucked up on that. But no, God, that's okay. Um, but okay, so what I what I will say is I know that as far as the Dragon Age series is concerned, oh, sure. as far as the Dragon Age series is concerned, people thought two was shit. And I'm smiling at you right now. Sure. I, I've never played it, but I hear right. everyone thinks it's shit. Yes. So, Expose yourself. Okay. <laughs> I I plan to do so. So <laughs> I I played through I played through the series and I played two. Mm-hmm. I love to. Wow. And I played Inquisition and went, yeah, mm. sure. I think, and I think what it is, so 2, um, two has glaring flaws. I am not disputing that for a second. Mm. The combat, I mean, as far as the combat's concerned, you can more or less press and hold. Wow. Like that is not skill based combat. Gosh. They they put in attack they put in I think they call it a tactical camera, mm. which is where you can like you you freeze and you kind of zoom out and you can play strategically. I've never met anyone who uses that. Like <laughs> it is so much easier to just lock on, dive in and wail sure, on your sure. enemies. Just keep mashing that button. The it's it's not like if your jam is skill based combat, like 
yeah don't it's it's yeah okay um and there's a there's a hell of a lot of asset reuse oh, like yeah. a lot but i un- from what i understand and i could be wrong but from what i understand that was largely to do with the fact that production was rushed mm-hmm. and they ran out of time and they they kind of had to send it out into the world with a pat on its butt and go yeah we we tried but for me what i loved about two i think it was yahtzee who described it this way as some fuck and his neighborhood watch group <laughs> And that is so accurate, it hurts. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but that's the thing is, to me, so so two spans, I think it's meant to be like um, a, a space of eight years. Okay. You're with these characters. And I, for me, and again, like I emphasize, this is not me going, this is what everybody should think. This was my takeaway from it. It felt much more intimate. Okay. I liked the characters more. I felt closer to them. I liked the interactions better. And I felt that the characters in general were just more solid. All right. And then I played Inquisition. I loved the fact that I got a better look at Thedas, Mm. that I got to run around different regions. I thought it was very pretty. The hinterlands with all of its bears can go fuck itself. (laughs) Um, You know, and there are a number of characters in Inquisition that I like. You know, I really like Dorian. I do have a soft spot for Cullen. I like Josie. Um, Gosh, who else? Uh, Bull is cool. I like Cassandra. But being... And and Vivian's cool. It was more just that, like, they were... I liked them, but they didn't capture my heart the way that the cast of Two did. All right. And so Two, for me, like, if I think of... Out of the two, which would I rather play? It will always be Dragon Age 2 because I just... That story got me invested more and the characters got me invested more and I cared more. And when I finished that game, it felt like saying goodbye. Whereas with Inquisition, to this day, I've still never completed it. It felt too big and too impersonal. I I bought Inquisition uh, for £5 when it was on sale. Um, And I have not touched it at all. Yeah. I've, I've what are your re- thoughts on Origin? I think, to be honest, I think... Well, Origin is a lot of people's favourite. I also have got to agree. I got that felt much into that series. Much neater. And again, like, really solid characters. Mm. Good story. I think it was just that I played them out of chronological order. So right. I played two first, went back to Origins, and then went to Inquisition. Sure, sure. So two was my entry point to the series, and I think for me that's why it kind of okay trumps. Yeah. So, but I think yeah, Origins is kind of of the of the three children. Mm. That's the star pupil. Like that's the sure. one that that did the most right. Yeah, and you know it's it's I think fairly commonly agreed that Alistair is just. We love him. We protect him. We want to see him grow up big and strong. Who's that? Morrigan. Morrigan. Uh, I would. Yes. I would let Morrigan uh, sit on me platonically. Uh, I, I think. I think we all would, to <laughs> yeah, be honest. Yeah, not gonna and, lie. Yeah, and and Stan and Liliana and I. Her name has completely escaped me, but the female mage as well. Um, Lady of the Booms. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I think yes. In in from an objective standpoint, one is, you know, one one can sit aside yes. away from the pack one, one has done its homework out of two and three out of two and inquisition for me personally i prefer two 
That's my hot take. That is, that is, I would consider that a hot take because sure. a lot of people would not consider that. No. And so that's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. Yeah. I, again, I've never played two. All I can judge it on is the fact that so many people dislike it. Yeah. I've never played it because so many people have disliked it. Yeah. Um, probably still won't, honestly, because I, I have such a, a broken heart for Bioware. Yeah. Me too. Rest in peace, Bioware. I am amazed. I am genuinely astonished that we have not had a Mass Effect remaster. I am shocked at the fact that EA can vore entire companies and shit them out. Yes. Without goddamn fail. Yeah, absolutely. It's like... Li- they I'm, are... <sighs> it's, it's locust levels. It's, it's, yeah, it is. Like, you see it happen and yeah. it, they just never fucking learn. No. And it, it just breaks my heart because Mass Effect 1 and maybe this is a hot take mm. I prefer Mass Effect 2 to Mass Effect 1 interesting I mean yeah. mm-hmm. I don't I don't know because I've I've got quite a few friends that are big like huge Mass Effect fans um, I've always I'm I'm slightly more in the Dragon Age camp because I've always preferred fantasy, fantasy to sci-fi yeah. however Mass Effect is one of the few instances where I have really enjoyed sci-fi sure um, but yeah, I think I, I don't know. My the general consensus I've it's heard quite is split. that one is was kind of yeah. uh, and a lot of people have said said to me like you know when I was playing them they were like start with two you mm. can catch up with what happened in one. I disagree so... there because there's so much more because um, if you play one your story carries over into two. Yeah, yeah. And it makes it so much more personal to see that characters Absolutely. who are dead in one yeah. are dead in two. Yeah. And so when people say play, like, it's it's unlike Final Fantasy where you can play any Final Fantasy. Yeah. And I, I feel that when people go, I really want to play Final Fantasy in order, all I can say to them is, good luck. Mm. Um, because there are some really shitty games you've got to move through. Yeah. Um, I say shitty. <laughs> there are no Final Fantasy games from 1 to 15, which I would deem as shitty. Even my least favourite, which is 13, I cannot yeah. call it shitty. It is... I barely like any of the characters, apart sure. from a few. The game is, I mean, a lot of my critiques are what everybody says, you know, so I'd just be regurgitating shit. But there is a, a sliver of good yeah. in that game that yeah. I wouldn't have played it from start to finish if yeah. there wasn't. They all have some redeeming quality. Good music, yeah. um, for the most part, looked okay, some mm. nice environments, um, decent character design. I wouldn't call any of them bad. I loved the idea of mechanic summons. Yeah. They were organic machinery, like Snow, who I vehemently despised. (laughs) Um, He could summon Shiva as a motorcycle, who then split off into two versions. And it looked amazing. That's very cool. And I loved that idea, but it it just never really evolved on it. And Mm. it's such a shame. And from what I've heard, 13.2, 13.3 improved on it somewhat. Sure. uh, I think I think the director of Final Fantasy thirteen was called Toriyama, I wanna say it is. He loved lightning a little too much. Have you read sure. the interviews? I have not, they actually. Are horrifying. Oh. Okay, so I've pulled up a couple of things. Right. Um and Toriyama is interesting. It's so it's the weirdest director's response to a character ever, mm. I feel. He says things like, um this is in an interview. Uh, Toriyama states, Lightning is different attractive and will be appreciated by many types of fans now 
different and will be appreciated, but then he throws attractive in there, which is a little bit odd. Generic, one might even quite, say. Quite straight. Now, that alone, you can kind of push aside because, you know, yeah. a lot of people, you know, you can call your character hot by all means. Yeah, of you course. You know, like, like fucking Yoko Taro. He's like, yeah, I know. yeah, I'd probably fuck my characters. Like, good good for you, buddy. I would too. Yeah. You know, so um, <laughs> good for him. But but then it gets a little weirder when, when you read... There was a big post earlier about the directors of Final Fantasy and what their favourite Final Fantasy was. Right. So Toriyama's was... Uh, oh, I th- oh, no, sorry. I think it's favourite Final Fantasy character, I think. And he goes, um, my favourite character is Lightning because I know for a fact that as the strongest female character in Final Fantasy, no one will ever lose with Lightning at their side. Uh... And then the Lightning 13, uh, 13 Lightning Returns, he stood on stage with a with a vase of roses and he went look at these roses so beautiful so interesting almost like lightning and then like neon like yeah exactly oh and i heard a rumor a rumor yes emphasis on rumor Mm -hmm. that during the uh light uh i think it was either lightning returns or another one uh there were posters of lightning put up in the development room for inspiration (laughs) interesting <laughs> yeah exactly okay. and i i'm pretty sure the ending of final fantasy 13 lightning returns lightning makes herself real right in france and she becomes a vogue model sure and i am not fucking joking i'm going to search for you right now vogue lightning to to contextualize for those listening um I, the reason I am making kind of noises of interest to all of this is because I did not grow up with PlayStation consoles. I worked at PlayStation recently. Lightning but, is uh, actually a real-life Vogue model now. Jesus Christ. Yep. They this made... is all new to me. Yeah. Uh, that is actually That was actually in Vogue. Wow. Lightning got into Vogue. Wow. And uh, Toriyama made his waifu real, quite literally. Final Fantasy is such a brave new world. <laughs> 13 is wow completely different director with all of that i think a lot of them are different directors but 13 is an interesting beast yeah really really interesting um so yeah that's a whole thing yeah very very strange uh, interesting man to kind of dig into i suppose now we have been talking for a long time we so have i feel like we should end it with a really quick question from a, a very darling friend of mine uh sylphie and uh, you've seen Sylphie. You've seen Sylphie about. I have. Yes, lovely artwork, all yes. of that. Good stuff. Uh, they say, how much do you love me? Ha <laughs> ha, not a real question. So uh, much. Uh, oh, no, not me. Oh, oh well, all right then. I do. <laughs> they just need to have a wash more. Wow. <laughs> this is wow. usual banter. The shade. <laughs> uh, they say, favourite art or animation style and why? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to give a really quick one. Uh, something recent rather than thinking through my, you know, animation, which I love. Yeah. The latest Spider-Man animated movie. Yes. Enter the Spider-Verse yes. blew my tits off. My tits are no longer on me. They are flying <laughs> off. They are in the ether. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, that film was a, a, a marvel. Badum-tish. Quite. Oh, very good. Thank you I so much. I see what much. you did there. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, that was the thing. It used so many different styles from the people who made the emoji movie yeah 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 like when the, when they what, go, what a three what a, a 180 rather when they <laughs> no, it's the kind of thing where everybody who watches those movies always go there are some talented animators yes. behind those things always talented animators yeah. um let, and when you give them the I, I don't want to call it freedom but when you give them the right uh, script 
right the right script <laughs> and the right um drive to animate yeah. something truly beautiful that film fucking hell yes. amazing yeah storyline i've said that if it wasn't for the animation style storyline would be basic sure but honestly i watch it for the for the craft yes for the animation for the for the music for the just oh it gives me shivers it's so good well that's the thing as a as a what's the word i'm looking for cohesive as like an entire package like the whole thing together is just it's a masterpiece yeah it's phenomenal the attention to in terms of the the, comp- the shot composition, the cinematography, Ugh. the attention to detail in the art styles, the way that it's been stylized. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's phenomenal. So good. Yeah. So good. Really uh, fantastic. Any things you can bring off the top of your head? Um, I remember I was very impressed uh, when I watched through Violet Evergarden. Never seen it, unfortunately. Um, I, it, well, it was, this, this will be a hot take. Um, oh, okay. So, it, it's a Netflix original and it came oh. out at a, well, it's it's sort of contemporary or oh, contemporaneous. I'm making up words <laughs> now. It's it's a contemporary of Castlevania. Okay. Of the Netflix Castlevania, oh. and the animation for the fight scenes in Castlevania is spot on. Mm. The animation in the rest of it, honestly looks a little like it was done I, in I, PowerPoint. I did really enjoy the Castlevania series, but I do agree. Sure. Um. I've. Yes, I I have some opinions about Castlevania, but that aside, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was watching that and I was kind of like, the animation is not what I wish it was. Sure. The fight scenes are spot on, but, you know, the rest of it, uh. um, And I had kind of wondered, I can't bring the artist's mind, uh, name to mind at the moment, but the, the artist who is very famous for doing the really beautiful Castlevania artwork... For the games, the ri- I, I can visualize it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, absolutely gorgeous, and they emulate that style in the series. They sure do. And I did wonder whether maybe animation sacrifices were made, or if it was more difficult because they were trying to stick to the style. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are like there were budgetary issues as well, most likely. I just thought of another villain who I think. <gasps> oh, Dracula. Who? Well, of course. Oh my lord! When? It... What did you do with my wife? Voiced by oh my god, who's the actor? Graham McTavish. Mm. Yes. Alucard and Dracula just. Yeah. Sitting on my tree. K i s s i n g me. I, w- I was going to say, if you hadn't finished with that, that could have gotten a little... A little I made sure uh, to throw a me in Keeping it in the family. But <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so so uh, Castlevania for context. But when I watch Violet Evergarden, that has a very high fidelity art style. Okay. It's very detailed and the animation does not suffer one jot. Wow. So it's literally, it's one of those series where even in the still shots where they needn't have tweened it, mm. you there's you can see they have still animated even the still moments. Wow. It okay. is okay. it's beautiful. Mm. And again, um I mean the art style is lovely, but the animation is is pretty fantastic. Sure, sure. Um in terms of like a static art style, I'm super partial to Art Nouveau. I always have been. What's that? Uh it's Belle Epoch, it's kind of Alphonse Mucha kind of stuff like you know the Moet and Chandon uh champagne Kind of, it's ladies. I feel awful, but it, it it sounds like you're saying like a foreign language. It really <laughs> well, does. Like... It, it is. It's it's um. Oh. It's, I mean, it's Dutch and French, but. Well, there um... goes me being a silly boy. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> 
it's turn of the century um, art movement that's kind of it's like ladies in classical togas oh, with lots of okay. lots of swirly lovely sure. it looks you spilt water. No. Oh, no. What did it go over? Nothing important. Oh, what a disaster. Nothing Live important. on the podcast, I was, I was, I was getting so effusive about you Art were... Nouveau. I was gesticulating. <laughs> oh, no. um, yes, it's, it looks very elfish. It looks okay. very or elfish or elven, depending on what you want to go with. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I guess. And I've got, like, favourite individual artists as well. Mm, but, mm. yeah, I think in in terms of recent stuff, and then I've also said about, like, my hard-on for Makoto Shinkai's work as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. No, awesome, brilliant. Um, you know, I guess on that, we can mm. really end the show. It's yeah. been It's been really fun doing it... Um, live with another person in the room. It has been fun, yes. With yeah. with water spillages and everything. Exactly, so yeah. So um, exciting. So if those of you are noticing like an audio change or something like that, because unfortunately I can't edit out bumps and everything from the yeah. audio tracks, so <laughs> it is going to be very raw. Yes. For sure. Very, very raw. It's um, very unrehearsed. But it's been very, very fun. It has. Um, so before we end, uh, first of all, obviously I... You know, Plug yourself, please. Uh, sure. Where can people find you? What's your Patreon? So my my online handle, as as stated at the beginning of the podcast, is Anemone T because I had to pick something that was unspellable. Obviously, and how do we spell that? That people? is A N E M O N E T E A. There we go. Perfect. And I am most active on Twitter, but I'm also on Instagram as well, and it's the same handle on Patreon. And at the moment, I am working on a comic called Cloven Bloodlines, which, for those who watch Critical Role, is following the backstory and adventures of the character Lilith Daturai, who I played on the show, who is now Beano Tiefling. Um, and uh, for those who don't watch Critical Role, it is basically high fantasy with a good dollop of creepy in there, because I do like my horror. Um, and it's following a an albino, demonic, illusionist and necromancer as she goes from a really messed up uh, kind of feudal familial situation with her evil sisters who like sacrificing people to their warlock patron. As you to, do. As you do. To having adventures with a kind of ragtag misfit band of found family. Sure. Awesome. That, that so, yes. sounds bloody fantastic. And issue two was just launched at MCM and issue three is about a month and a half out. It did so quite well, didn't it? It did. It was, I was nervous uh, because I thought, you know, what if everybody just picked up issue one to be supportive? But fortunately, um, most of the people who came by the table um, picked up issue two or issue one and two. So, yes. yeah. So it went well. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, uh, obviously, thank you so much for coming on the show for a third time, even though this is... <laughs> and let's, for the love of God, hope this audio yes, turns out please, okay. Please, please. Audio God. gods, please hear I know, our prayer. Seriously. Um, but no, thank you. Three times. Amazing. Technically, you have, you have been on the show the most <laughs> out of anyone, <laughs> See, really. See, that was my ploy all along. <laughs> I just wanted to become a regular guest. To, was... to be fair, you, you are obviously welcome anytime again. Thank you so uh, much. It has been a pleasure having you on the show uh, and I'm sure that people would love to see you back as well it's been really fun many different throwing it topics been, around yeah we've we've really spilt the tea oh for sure and water uh, yeah <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> yes <laughs> but no, it's yes. been it's been lovely and um, I hope that everybody tunes into the next episode with uh, God knows who <laughs> <laughs> it's a mystery lovely thank you so much for joining everyone bye bye <laughs>